Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. I am a Christian. 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 I started thinking, okay, what is a word that I want to hold on to through this next year? So last year, as I was praying and asking God, what word should I have to, to hold on to through, uh, through 2020? And the word that came to me back in uh, uh, probably last December was the word fearless, was the word that I was supposed to have. And so, matter of fact, I, I told uh, our team about it here, our staff. I said, you know, the word I've chosen is, that I feel like God's put in my heart is fearless. And I, I actually hyphenated that word and said fearless. Boy, how <laughs> appropriate was that word? I mean, like, I had no idea what 2020 was hold, but I'm telling you, I, like, I had to hold on to that word and said, no, God, I'm going to fear less. I'm going to be fearless. And, and every day I would declare that over my life. And and I can tell you that, you know, through many of the situations that happened, that was, gave me strength to get through it. This, uh, about two months ago, Rhonda and I were out on a walk on a Saturday. And it's not something that we get to do that often. But we were walking uh, back through a new neighborhood they'd put by my house. And, and I remember we just was completing that walk. Well, right before we finished, you know, we're walking and talking. And she says, Jeff, she says, I want to I say something to you. And, you know, that's normally not what she does. So I was really, my ears were attuned to what she had to say. I said, what is it? She said, I just want to tell you, Jeff. She said, this year, she said, I want to ask you, why don't you, I want you to lean into God's voice a little more. She said, Jeff, you know, you're a visionary. You're a courageous person. And she said, I just feel like maybe this, this last year, you've listened to the voices around you a little bit more and my voice maybe more than you've listened to God's voice. And I just want to challenge you to, to lean into God's voice. She said, more over my voice or over anybody else's voice. I just want to challenge you to that because be the person that God's called you to be. I was like, wow, okay. And so I, so I began to pray about that for a couple months and deciding on, God, what is it, Lord, that you're trying to say to me? And what's new for SEC? Because we're always talking about that. What, what does God want us to do as a church? And the word that I walked away with, that I've walked away in December, because I had another word picked out that I thought my word was going to be gratitude. I'm writing a book on it this year. And uh, I thought that was going to be my word. But my word is boldness. Bold, bold, be bold. I feel like the Holy Spirit is calling us to be bold. It's time to stand up and stand out. You know, the world has gotten louder as the church has gotten quieter. Amen. And so if we're going to, if we're going to, if we're, our culture is going to change and if we're going to have difference in our world, the church has got to le learn to be a little bit bolder. Amen. And we have to speak up. And so as I was sharing this with them, God gave me the series that I'm going to share with you over the next couple of weeks. And the series that we're doing is called, I am a Christian. That's why I'm wearing this t-shirt today in January uh, is because I am a Christian. And listen, I want you there's a t-shirt out there on the table. It's for you. I don't, you don't have to pay for it. We paid for it already. It's yours. We want you to pick it up and take it. And, and it says, I'm a Christian. And the question is, ask me why. We want the world to ask us, why are we a Christian? 
And so I, after doing that, saying I'm a Christian, God gave me these declarations. I told you last year that I made these declarations over my life every day for 2020. I, you know, I had these declarations. And I said them every day. I said, you know, first of all, I, I'm, I'm a, a, a Christ follower who brings honor to God. I'm a, I'm a husband who's passionate about his wife. I'm a father who loves and communicates with his children. I'm a pastor who loves his people. And on and on. You know, I have about 10 of those I make every day over my life. Because I've got to remind me of who I am because everybody else tries to tell me who I am. Amen? Amen? And that's the same in your life, right? If you don't define who you are, other people will be glad to tell you who you are and what you can do. And so I had to define that. And so for 2021, I, I feel it's imperative that we understand who we are and that we're Christians. Amen? As a, I am a Christian. That's who I, that's who I am. I am a Christian. That's who defines my life. I'm a Christian. And so 2021, I have these daily declarations that I want you to say over your life every day. I feel like God's given them for our church. And if you're watching online right now, uh, on your outline, you can find these declarations there. But I'd like for you to take out this card. Would you take the card out that you was given when you come in? This card right here, because it, it has our declarations. And what I want you to do is I want you to take this card with you and put it somewhere where you can see it every day and declare this over your life. So let's read those first four words together. You ready? Let's read them. You ready? I am... I am a Christian who connects with God daily through prayer. That's who I am. Would you read the next, next, the first four words? Let's read them out loud. You ready? I am a Christian who grows by reading the Bible and by gathering with God's people. That's who I am. I'm a Christian. Let's read those first four words. You ready? Come on. I am a Christian who serves my church and my community. Let's read those first four words. I am a Christian who shares my faith and resources generously. Because I'm a Christian. That's who I am. I am a Christian who exists. Oh, I didn't let you say it. Let's say I'm coming. You ready? Come on. I am a Christian who exists to give people an opportunity for a better life through Jesus Christ. Amen? That's, that's who I am, everybody. This is who I am. You want to know who I am? This is who I am. And that's who you are if you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower. And so, like we had these t-shirts made up just for you. And, and those of you that are watching, you can come by and pick you up one. But it says, I'm a Christian. Ask me why. The world has to know that we're Christians. Amen, everybody? It's time to come out of the shadows. Amen. It's time, time to shine the light of Christ and not be ashamed and let the world know who we are. Because they're searching. And if you don't let them know who you are, then they'll tell you who you are. And well, I'm a Christian. And so we're beginning a fast next week. Not this Monday, but next Monday. And we're beginning a fast, a 21 days of fasting and praying. And why are we doing that? That's the question. Why? Well, the reason that we're fasting and praying is so that we can draw closer to God that we can take a step closer to God because when you get closer to God, you get more of God and God does more through your life and more for your life. Amen? And so we have this passage of scriptures. James 4 and 8 is coming on the screen. This is our statement we want to say today and this is why we're fasting. So let's say it. You ready? Come on. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Come on, would you say it a little louder? Let's say it. Come near to God and he will come near to you. And that's a promise of God. It's an invitation it's an invitation. You've been invited into, you've been invited into God's presence. You've been invited to come a little closer to God and see what he can do in your life and, and explore him and get to know him a little bit better. And so what, what really gets me is this passage of scripture that I think about often. I'm going to set it up for you. 
In Matthew's gospel, Jesus has taken three of his disciples. They've climbed up on top of a mountain, and up there they have an experience. It's called the Mountain of Transfiguration. And they've been praying and so forth, seeking God, going closer. And then the other nine disciples, his followers, are down at the bottom of the mountain, and they, they had had power that Jesus had given them to cast out devils and spirits and all this stuff. And so there's a man who brought his son and who had an issue with a spirit because every time this evil spirit would come on his son, it would throw him down and, and he would convulse and he would have all these things, a, a, a demonic attack like. And so this man brought his son to the Jesus nine disciples and said, hey, why don't you cast this out of my son? Get rid of him. Get rid of this spirit. And as he tried, as they tried to do it, they couldn't get rid of it. And so the man gets mad. He's like, how dare you? How, why can't you, why don't you cast this out of my son? You bunch of weaklings. You, you're somebody you say you're not. You said you could do it. You can't. And so all this commotion begins to happen. About that time, Jesus and the other three disciples make it down this, the mountain. And Jesus hears what's going on. And he goes over and says, hey, what's going on here? And he said, the man said, listen, I brought my son who's possessed by a spirit that overpowers him, that, that harms him. And, and I asked your disciples to get rid of it, and they couldn't do it. And, and they're just a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of nobodies. And he, and he began to lay into them. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. He said, you know what? Would you like me to do it? And the man said, listen, if you can. If you can cast them out, then and Jesus said, what, what do you mean? If I can, <laughs> he said, if you can. And then man, that man prayed a prayer and he said this. He said, he said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. The great, I'm so glad that phrase is in the Bible because I've had to pray like that before. Haven't you? I mean, like I'm trying to believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. And so, uh, so, he, so Jesus cast the spirit out of the boy. He was healed. It was wonderful. Everything worked out all right. But the disciples had a problem. They, they went to Jesus after everybody else. They took Jesus aside and said, hey, wait a minute, Jesus. Why couldn't we cast that spirit out? Look what Jesus says. Here it is, Matthew 17. He says, you don't have enough faith, Jesus told him. I tell you the truth, if you had, even, if, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Now, would you read the last si uh, sentence with me? Let's read it. You ready? Come on. Nothing would be impossible. With a little bit of faith, he says, with a little bit of faith, you can say to this mountain, move, this problem in your life, you can say, move, and it would move. He said, nothing would be impossible. But the next verse, King James Version picks it up, and listen what it says. Would you read with me the first word of that verse out loud? Let's read. You ready? Come on. However, uh-oh. Everything is possible. He just said everything. If you have a little bit of faith, everything's possible. But then he says, however. Uh-oh. However, this kind does not go out except by what? Let's read it, everybody. You ready? What? Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. What Jesus was trying to teach the disciples, he's trying to teach you and I, is that there's sometimes you've got to move a little closer to God when you've got a bigger problem. When you, when you want more of God, when you want more power of God, you want more anointing of God, you want more God's spirit, and, and you want more God's favor in your life, you can't always pray a now lay me down to sleep prayer. You can't always just say, you know, now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord the soul to take. Amen? Amen. Anybody ever pray that prayer besides me? Oh, yeah, I had that one. That's right. Now, every night before I went to bed when I was a teenager, I'd go sin all day long and come and lay my head down and pray loud. Oh, Jesus. There comes a point in your life to where you have to mature and you got to take a step toward God. 
And he's saying there's some things that are not going to change until you come a little closer to God. The power that you want, the what you want in your life, the things that you've been asking God for is that the, the way they're coming is you move a little closer to God. And so today I want to talk to you about connecting with God because I am a Christian. That's what Christians do. They connect with God. And so I want to give you three things today as we begin this journey of prayer. We're going to start the prayer next week. But as we begin this journey, there's three types of prayer that we have to pray in order to move closer to God. I call it, I'm connected with God through the prayer of. And the first one is this, is the prayer of repentance. The prayer of repentance. And repentance is this, Jesus forgive me for, and you name it. Not just, you know, repentance is not, oh, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. No, 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 no. Forgiveness is saying, Jesus, I'm sorry for it and naming it, naming what you did, not just praying a general prayer. Forgiveness, Jesus, forgive me. Now, would you agree with me that, you know, when you sin against someone, it, it brings distance. Like, for example, years ago, uh, there was a lady in our church. They've been a part of our church probably, I don't know, 10, 15 years. And her husband called her by a nickname. It was nothing bad. It was just basically her name hyphenated. Nothing bad at all. And so, I mean, after years of being here, I walked up to her one Sunday. She was sitting about the third row back. And uh, I walked down and I said, hey, good morning. How you doing? And I called her by that nickname. Fire came out of her eyes. She said, don't ever call me that name again. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I mean, I was shocked. I said, well, you know, I've just heard your husband say that for years. She said, yes, he's called me that name for 40 years and I still don't like it. Now, I want to tell you something. I can tell you that if I, if I would have said that to her again, then you know what? There would have been distance between us, right? Because when someone says something that we say not to say or they do something that we tell them not to do, it, that's, that puts distance between us. We call that sinning against us. Like, I'm going to give you a little secret about Rhonda. She can't stand things that are cold. She cannot stand to be cold. And so, every once in a while, I sin. <laughs> I sin. I should not, but I do. Every once in a while, I'll go by and slide a little ice cube in my hand. And when she doesn't sin, she turns around. And I'll open up the back of her shirt real quickly and drop that ice cube. And she goes into these... Oh, yeah. She goes into all of this stuff, and then she, she just, then when she gets it out, she turns around, she throws it at me, and she says, I can't stand it when you do that to me. For 33 years, she has not changed her mind on that. <laughs> and I know better. I know the result. I know what's going to happen every time. I know what's going to happen. She's going to get mad at me. She say, don't you do that again, Jeff. I don't like that. I know what's going to happen. And I can tell you, every time I do that, it puts separation between us. <laughs> every time I do that. So I don't do it that often anymore. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that when we do something or we say something that someone's asked us not to say or do, it puts separation. You agree with that? That's what sin does with God. Listen to what the Bible says. Isaiah 59 says this. Listen, the Lord's arm is not to what? It's not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too what? Yeah. Too deaf to hear you, too, too deaf to hear you call. No, look at this. Let's read what's on the line together. You ready? It is your sins that have cut you off from God. Did you hear that? Some of the prayers that we're praying, it's not that God can't answer them. And it's not that God doesn't hear them. 
It's like, what's going on in me? As long as I'm saying something that God says not to say, or I'm doing something that God says not to do, it puts distance between us. It separates us. And God is saying, as long as you're doing that, I cannot answer your prayers. I can't even hear your prayers. Why? Because there's distance between us. It's our sins that separate us from God. And he goes on and says this. Look what he says. He says, sin separates us from God. So look, the last part. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. So if we're going to take a step closer to God, we've got to remove the distance. How do we remove the distance? We remove the sin by repenting of the sin in our life and calling it out for what it is. God, I'm sorry for doing this and being specific. The verse that we're talking about today in James 4 and 8, look what it says. It's coming up on the screen. Let's read it. Look at it one more time. Jesus, uh, James says this. He said, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinner. Okay, we should all be familiar with washing our hands, right? I don't know about you, but I, man, my hands are wrinkled. I mean, you know, it's like, good. I've never washed them so much. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, if you notice this little twitch I got, it's because of all the alcohol I've consumed through my hands. I want you to know, you know, I'm not a person that consumes alcohol except through sanitizer, and it's just messing with me, all right? So, uh, but he said, wash your hands. Wash your hands, you sinner. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided. How? Between God and the world. What James is saying is this, is that you can't come closer to God when you're pursuing the world. You can't come closer to God. Or when you want it both ways. When you say, okay, I want God in my life, but I'm going to pursue this. You can't pursue the world and God at the same time. You just cannot do it, my friend. The Bible calls that being lukewarm. And the Bible says, God says, I'll spew you out of my mouth. I'd rather you be whole, cold or hot. So listen, at least when you're cold, I can get your attention, you know. And when you're hot, you're on fire for me. But when you're in the middle, I can't can't get you. I can't get your attention. And so the Bible says that we have to do this. Now, the great thing about repentance is this, is that repentance removes the fear of God's punishment. See, when you repent of your sins, you say, God, I'm sorry. When you say that and you mean it in your heart, guess what? You don't, you're not afraid of God anymore. And what I love about this is that a lot of people I talk to, you know, say, I'm afraid to go, I'm afraid to go stand before God because I'm afraid of what I did. Well, if you repented of what you did, you don't have to worry about it. Because when you repent of your sins on earth, they will never be repeated in heaven. Hallelujah to God for that. Amen. Aren't you glad about that? Aren't you glad about that, that thing that you're so embarrassed about that you hate? And when it comes to your mind, that when you, you say, God, forgive me, that it'll never be brought up again. That when you stand before God, he's going to say, now, Jeff, when you did this, oh, my God, I knew that was coming up. No, 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 no. He will never bring up what you repent on earth will never be repeated of in heaven. Isn't that awesome, everybody? That's awesome. Hallelujah. That is great. So let's say it again. It's coming up. Ready? Come near to God and he will come near to you. Come on, would you say that? Let's say it. You ready? Come near to God and he will come near to you. And don't you want to be near to God? Don't you be closer to God? I think after this year, I think every one of us should want to be closer to God. Why? Because I'm a Christian. That's who I am. Okay, the second thing I would share with you is this. If I'm connecting with God through prayer, the, the second prayer that I'm going to pray is this, is the prayer of humility. The prayer of humility. And what this prayer simply says this, it says, Jesus, I need your help. I need your help, Jesus. I need your help. That's what the prayer of humility is all about. 
I've told you guys this story many times, and I'll probably continue to tell it as long as I live because it was a game changer for me. Rhonda and I was having one of those moments, uh, probably about 10 or 15 years ago, of discussions. Let's just call it that, all right? And, and you know, we were in our, our bedroom, and I was standing in the master bathroom. I can remember this day how I was, I was brushing my teeth there, and she was standing in the doorway, and she said, Jeff, you don't need me. I've, I've shared this with you. You don't need me. And I've told you how that really, that really crushed me. I'm like, no, 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 no. Why do you, you know, why do you say that? Da, da, da. Because I never looked, I've never looked at her and our entire marriage and said, I don't need you. Get out of my life. I don't need, I have never said anything like that. So the only way that she must have detected that was, is that my actions must have been speaking louder than my words, everybody. Amen. Are you following with me? And you know what you call that? When you, when, you, when you say to a person that I don't need you, it is the epitome of pride. Pride is, pride is saying, when pride is full-blown, what you're really saying is I don't need you anymore. I can do this without you. That's pride. And even though I did not say it with my words, somehow my actions were saying things louder than my words. And the Bible says this in James 4 and 6. Look what it says. It says, <clears throat> talking about God, but he gives more grace. <clears throat> That's why the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to who? The humble. Here's what I want to ask you. Do you need God? I want to look you right in the eye. Do you need God? Do you act like it? That's the question right now. If we're going to move closer to God, do you act like it? Do you live like you need God? Do you, do you, like when you wake up in the morning, do you act like you need God at all? Do you just do your own thing? Like I got this and I, you know, I'm not going to ask him anything. He's got bigger problems to take care of. So I'm just going to take care of this myself. Do you need God? I'm a Christian here. I need God as a Christian. I need God every day of my life. I need him for the breath that I, he's giving me the breath that I'm breathing right now. And without God's permission, I don't breathe anymore. I need God. And so do you, right? I'm a Christian. I need God. I need God. And so do you. But the problem is, I would never look at God and say, I don't need you. I don't need you. I'd never, ever, ever do that. But I've been guilty of living my life and acting as if I don't need him. I would only call him if I have an emergency, but I can handle the rest of it. How about you? Do you need God? And do you act like it? You see, humility says... I can't live without you. Pride says I don't need you, but humility says I can't live without you. So if we're going to draw closer to God, we're going to ask to ask God for, for forgive us. And we're going to ask God for humility. God, I humbly come before you because I need you. I need your help with my life. I need you. Amen, everybody? Amen. So, you know, the most prideful people that I know are the people that deny Jesus. Well, you know how they deny Jesus? They say, you know, I don't want to accept him into my life. And you know why most people will not accept Jesus in their life? Because they feel like they're not good enough. They feel like when I quit doing this, you know, when I, when I give up these drugs, you know, when I give up this drinking, when I give up this running around with these women or men, when I give this stuff up, then I'm going to come to God. Let me tell you something. 
You don't, you don't get good and come to God. If you could get good on your own, you'd already be good. You get, you get God and then you get good. Amen, everybody? You, you can't change yourself. It takes a supernatural power to save you. That's what's being saved is. It's not just going to heaven. It's like when you're living in this world, he changes you and helps you be the person that you want to be because you can't be it on your own. Is that Jesus saves you. And so right now, starting off 2021, 2021, not 2020 again. We don't want to relive that, right? Why don't you take a moment, those that are watching online, why don't you bow your heads with me? Because there's people in this room that need to make that decision that I want to give my life to Jesus. Lord, we're right here in front of you now. There's people in this room that are watching online. They need to give their life to you. God, they're making that decision today that they're not going to live another year without you. And so, Father, right now, as, as I'm praying, they're going to pray in their minds and their hearts, and they're going to say, Dear Lord Jesus, Come into my life and save me. Forgive me of my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give God a hand, everybody? Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer in the room, there's a card. And we want everybody to fill these cards out every week. Everybody. But on the back of that, you can check the box. that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. So we can pray for you. If you're watching online, you have a digital card there with our app. Or you can text us following Christ to the number on the screen. God is so good. Amen. He, people have been getting saved like crazy over the last couple of months. I'm so excited about what God is doing in our church and in our world. Okay, let's say it. It's coming up on the screen again. You ready? Here we go. Let's say it. You ready? Come near to God and he will come near to you. Come on, let's say it like you mean it. Come near to God and he'll come near to you. So we're going to take a step toward God. That's what we're doing. The third thing, I'm connecting with God through the prayer of expectation, expectation. You know what you're saying? Jesus, I am expecting you to. I'm expecting you to. You know, I don't, I don't get to watch a lot of television, but I used to watch this show occasionally called Judge Judy. Anybody remember Judge Judy? Anybody? All right, yeah, Judge Judy. I said, there's something about her that just drew me in because, man, she didn't take no junk. I mean, you go in Judge Judy's courtroom, it's on. And you know, in one of the lines in that, in uh, Judge Judy's uh, opening lines was when they was introducing the show, they would say, real people with real cases, right? Real people, real cases, and the judgment is final. And I just want to tell you, as we, as we open up God's word, this is real people with real stories. It's not make-believe. It's real, real people, real stories. And God had the final word. Amen? He had the final word. The reason I tell you that is because there's somebody in the uh, scripture I want to introduce you to. Her name is Sarah. Maybe you know Sarah. We know her husband pretty well. His name is Abraham. Abraham was a guy that God used to start the whole, uh, the whole uh, Jewish community. That's where the nation was born, out of Abraham. And God promised Abraham, see, Abraham and Sarah, well, they were a young couple, and they were doing all right, and, and God said, Abraham, I'm just going to make you the father of many nations, I'm going to bless you. And so in their 20s, they got excited, right? Hey, we're going to have a baby. God's going to bless us. God showed it. We're going to have a baby. And so, you know, I mean, they went through everything. I mean, they look at the moon setting and say, okay, tonight's the night, you know? They would go through all these things. Okay, never mind. You've never been through that. All right. <laughs> okay, just move on, Jeff. All right, I will. But all the, you know, in their 20s, they think, okay, we're going to have a baby. And all through their 20s, it didn't happen. 
And, and then guess what? In their 30s, they said, okay, well, maybe now it's going to happen. We're going to have a baby. And, 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 and they just kept, nothing happened. And they got to their 40s and they said, okay, we're going to have a baby, you know. Hey, and she's like, you know what? I'm getting a little, you know, out of, out of shape here with this baby thing, you know. I'm not going to happen. I'm in my 40s. No, no, no. We're going to have a baby. And it didn't happen. And so Sarah said, okay, you know what? Maybe God meant that I was supposed to have a baby through somebody else. So she invited another woman to come into her tent with her husband. How crazy is that? And said, okay, now you go in there and you do your thing and then come out. And, you know, she had a baby. The woman had a baby by her husband. And she, and she thought, okay, well, I, you know, I'm going I'm to put my hope and my expectations in people. And so guess what? That didn't work out so well. And we still have chaos in the world today because of that one decision, everybody. It's crazy. Messed up. And she got jealous. She got mad. So she run that woman and that child off. And so here she is in her 60s and said, you know, I thought we was going to have a baby. And no baby. And the 70 come. No baby. 80 and no baby come. Well, she's 90 years old now and her husband's 100 years old. She's like, ain't no baby coming now. But one night while she was in her tent, she got excited for some reason. I don't know what happened. But all of a sudden, it just, the romance bug hit her. And she's like, woo, woo, woo. She said, Abraham, you're so fine. I'm so glad you're mine. Bring your old wrinkly self over here. <laughs> You got to read the Bible, people. <laughs> come over here in my tent. And he come over in a tent. I didn't a miracle of all God there. And let me tell you something. There was no kind of pills back then. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I know it. Wake, I'm going to wake you up one way or the other. That's right. Yes, sir. No, 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 no. There wasn't no Benadryl. Let's just leave it at that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we can keep it PG-12. And, 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 and God come down and touched them. And, it, and at 90 years old, this woman conceived a child and gave birth to him. And Abraham at 100 years old, it was a miracle of all miracles. But look what the Bible says about Sarah. It says this in, in Hebrews. It says, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was bearing and what? What was she? She was what? She was what? She was too old. She was too old. She believed that God would what? She believed what? That God would keep his promise. And listen, I don't know what's been going on in your life. And I don't know how many prayers you prayed. And I don't know how many weeks have passed or how many months have passed and how many years have passed since God promised you. And some of you are like, like Sarah, like you've just sort of given up and, and you're trying to figure it out on your own. When you try to do it on your own, you mess up and things go awry. Let me tell you something. I don't care if you've been waiting five days, five months, five years or 50 years. You never ever give up on God because as long as there's breath in your body, there is hope in Almighty God. And I'm telling you that you can count on God. Amen. Why? Because I am a Christian. I'm a child of God. Amen. And his promises are yes and amen. Hallelujah, somebody. Listen, we got to understand, we are children of God, and you hold on to the promise of God. And some of you, listen, you've been praying, uh, you've been praying for, for your, your spouse, and they haven't showed up yet. And don't do like Sarah did and just get it, take things in your own hand and marry the wrong person. Listen, there's no, you know what's wrong? You know what's worse than not being married? It's marrying the wrong person. Oh, God, that's horrible. 
And you think, oh, I'm so sad by myself. I want the right man. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes along and just shows you a little interest who is not a Christian. And you think, oh, well, wow, they'll become a Christian when we marry. No, they won't. They will cause you hell. And you'll be saying, God, why did you give me this man? God said, I said, no, but you said go. <laughs> don't, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. Some of you have been praying, God, I need you to help me with my children. And you see no results of that. I'm telling you, you keep praying. You keep praying. It's not, your, it's not you. It's God that's got to work. Amen. And some of you moms and dads like me got to get out of the way so God can work. As long as you're getting in God's way, God can't work. You got to get out of the way so God can work. Hallelujah. Yeah. Woo, I thought the children might get up and dance on that one, right? <laughs> Whatever you're expecting, don't give up on it. It's called faith. Look what the Bible says. I love this passage in Philippians. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs. And don't forget to thank him for his what? Answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will Keep your thoughts and your heart quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. You know what he's saying? Is that you got to be bold about your faith. You got to declare it. You know what? Saying thank you, God, after he's answered a prayer, that's gratitude. But saying thank you, God, while you're expecting. And before the prayer, before it happens, is saying saying thank you is faith faith I'm believing you God and some of you need to quit begging God and need to start thanking God that sounds something like this God thank you oh Lord Lord thank you that God thank you that you got my children God thank you that you're going to take care of my parents oh God thank you God that you're going to take care of this job God thank you you're going to help me pass this class oh God thank you that you're going to restore my marriage oh God thank you for what you're doing Lord I thank you for what I can't even see I know your work oh God even though I don't see it I thank you I thank you I thank you and let me just tell you something you and I have to learn to lower our expectations of people and raise our expectations of God amen it's not, it's not who can help you. I know the old saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I agree with that as long as who is God. Because God can, listen, God can take you places you never thought you could go. God can put you in situations you never thought you'd be in. God can deliver you. God can do all things that are possible with God. Amen? God can do it. So we have to believe him for it. And if we're going to step closer to God, we're going to lean into that faith a little bit more. And that's what God's calling us to. You see, in 2021, God is calling us to be bold. Be bold. You know what? When I was in high school, I had received Jesus in my life. <clears throat> I walked the hallways with this book. <clears throat> Not this Bible, but one like it. Just because I wanted to show people that I'm a Christian. I haven't done that a lot lately. The reason that I have this shirt on today and the reason I'm giving you one is because that you need to go in your community. And I, I, like me, my community is lost as a gym that I go to. 
It's a bunch of lost people. And I want to wear this shirt in there and declare that I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. It's who I am. And you want to know why? Just ask me. I'll tell you why. I'm a Christian. And the world is dying because too many of us have sort of hid that, hid behind the, you know, fear of offending someone. Listen, when you've got life, you don't hide it. And you and I have to stand up and declare who we are, that we are Christians. Amen? I'd like to, for you to go ahead and take out. There's an element right there. I have one right over there. Thank you so much. We're going to receive Holy Communion today. And what we're doing is we're recommitting ourselves to God. As you take that wafer out, you pull that first layer back, and there's a little wafer there. And this wafer is all about reminding us that Jesus Christ's body was broken for us, that ours wouldn't have to be, and that we're declaring today that I am a Christian. Would you just say those words with me? I am a Christian. Let's say it. I am a Christian. Would you say it with confidence? I am a Christian. That's who I am. Would you take the bread now, receiving the Lord's body? We thank you, Father. We thank you. Would you take the next tab and pull it back? This is actually grape juice, but it represents the blood of Jesus. And we're reminded that he gave his blood for us. And it reminds us that we are a Christian. Would you say those words with me? I am a Christian. Let's say them. I am a Christian. Let's say it again. I am a Christian. That's who I am. I do not hide it. I do not try to, 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 to deny it in any way. That's who I am. I'm, don't know me as a, don't, don't label me as a Democrat or a Republican or an Independent. Label me as a Christian. Amen, everybody? Hallelujah. It's time that we quit being so divided. We've let the world divide us because we've forgotten who we are. We, we've, we've, let, we've let a political system divide the church. But no, 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 no. It's not Democrat, Republican, it's Christian. That's who I am. Amen? Would you take the juice now? Jesus, we remember what you did for us. And we declare today that we are Christian. And Father, we move now. Lord, is from this auditorium, we go into a world that is dying. And a world that hates your word. So God, we go boldly now. And we declare to the world of who we are. We will not be silent anymore. I am a Christian. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.